welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm your host, Kamisha Lucier, and I'm so glad to be with you today. Thank you for spending this time with us in the Word of God, and we are so happy to be here spending time with you. Our God is faithful and He is good. Welcome, honey. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, honey. It's a pleasure and a blessing as always, as well, to do the work of the ministry the Lord's called us to do together and for His glory. Amen. 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 I agree with that. Before we get into this episode, let's go ahead and open up in prayer. Lord, we thank you. We always thank you. We always lift you up. We always exalt your name, Jesus, that when you are lifted up, all men, you will draw all men into yourself, Lord. And we just ask you to glorify your name. We praise you and we thank you, Lord. Let your glory be made manifest, be made known in our lives and in our our families and our households, Lord, but also throughout the entire world. Let your glory be made manifest in the almighty name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you for our daily bread, that you provide for us everything that we need and that your grace is sufficient to help us do the work that you've called us to. Lord, I thank you for each and every one of the listeners, each and every one of my brothers and sisters in Christ who are walking alongside us on this journey and who are being raised up and fed and nourished according to your will and your provision and your word, Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the strength that you're providing for them. We thank you for your grace and the anointing to do this, to walk this walk of faith and to be edified and to be strengthened and trained up as your warrior, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask you just to bless them and minister to them and forgive them if they've offended you in anything, Lord, or if they're offended with anything, help walk them through it so that they can walk in your love, your abundance, of forgiveness and the absolute grace and mercy that you've already provided, Lord. Provide for them, their families and their households and bless the work of their hands. Father, protect them as they go along their day and we just bind the hand of the adversary. We bind every trap that the adversary has set for them and we cancel those wicked assignments against them right now in the almighty name of Jesus and we cast the devil out and everything that he's doing out of their lives in Jesus almighty names and ours as well. You have no place here, Satan, and you have no rights, privileges, or authority in the almighty name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we loose you to come in and fill us up to have your way, Lord Jesus, and we loose you in this study time together. We loose you in our daily walks and we loose you throughout our households and our families and everything that has been touched by the adversary. We just decree and declare divine restoration right here and right now. And we bind that adversary of decay and loss and destruction in the almighty name of Jesus. And we release, we release restoration in Jesus almighty name. We pray. Amen. And amen. All right, so we are going to pick up uh, where we left off in the name of Jesus by Kenneth e. Hagen. Um, we're looking. Uh, we're going to go back and look at page eighty-two and eighty-three, and then we're going to head over to John. And my love, you'll get us going on that. Sounds great. We're doing this episode as case studies, part three. <laughs> it's always good. When you study and you learn things, concepts of the word of God to go and examine the word and find the Lord walking out the principles and concepts in the word itself and to see people, um, I'll say modern day people, if you will, in other cases where believers have used their faith, they've tapped into kingdom principles and been able to reproduce the results. Now, 
You already heard me say this before. The cheese stands alone. God's word is true because he said it. And if Jesus Christ was the only example you ever saw, that would be enough. And because God is gracious, he's shown his consistency throughout other examples. So we're going to look at Christ and we're going to look at some other examples of people that are walking in the same steps that he walked in and they were getting the same results that he got. So we left off talking about Brother Hagen and his son-in-law. And um, looking at page 82 and 83 of the book, um, the first paragraph on page 82, it says, I did not wrestle with flesh and blood. I did not deal with buddy. Our problem is that we keep dealing with the person when the problem may not be with the person. Now, we've talked about this before. We do not wrestle with flesh and blood. Our adversary is the devil and demonic forces, principalities, powers, all those things, all those wicked forces, you can categorize them into one lump as far as um, dealing with the adversary and the dominion and authority that Christ has already given us to rule over them in his name. Now, what he's saying here is he did not deal with Buddy's flesh or Buddy as being the problem, and he took authority over the adversary because that's what Holy Spirit revealed to him. Remember, he was praying about something totally different, and the Lord interrupted his prayer to discuss Buddy because more than likely, Buddy was now ready to be delivered. Remember, if something is your friend, God is not going to take it away from you. If um, as long as Buddy was willing to be dominated by these or um, aggravated by these wicked spirits or bound by them to keep listening to them, he was he would have continued to be bound. But when he was ready, God let Brother Hagen know and sent the word because I'm sure Brother Hagen asked about this before. Um, you, you think about that. This is your son-in-law taking mm-hmm. care of your daughter and you're a father. Are you just going to go, eh, okay. You know, her husband is here and there and not doing what he's supposed to. Of course not. Any loving father would want their daughter and their grandchildren to be well cared for. But until Holy Spirit revealed the answer, Brother Hagen did not know what to do. And he didn't have special insight because he was a prophet or because he had been in the kingdom longer or any of those things. He had to wait for revelation from Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. just like our Lord and Savior, and just like us. So keeping your perspective on this is the inheritance of the believers to get information from Holy Spirit when you take the opportunity to position yourself to ask and to be available to him in prayer to speak what he wants to tell you to do, and then you're obedient to carry it out. So we also talked about before that... Just because you have faith doesn't mean you can take your faith to subvert the will of others. God gave them a will. So if they are okay with being interfered with by adversaries, God has to wait for their permission. And then likewise, you have to wait for their permission or ask. If they do come and say, hey, I'm ready for a change in my life. I want to be free. Then you need permission to um help them as well because we are free moral agents. Every human being is free moral, a free moral agent. Now, when it comes to your children, there's a different authority when they're mm-hmm. minors. And then as they become adults, you still have some sway in the spiritual realm because God, how God has set up those family connections from parents to children in particular. When it comes to the weather, rule over it. There's no um, human being behind that. <laughs> the weather doesn't have a will of its own. So it is subject to your faith and the word of the father, right? The word of the father working through your faith. So 
when the Lord told him what uh, brother Hagen, what the problem was with his son-in-law and he gave him the strategy to carry out brother Hagen obeyed it. We've talked about this. When you release the word of the Lord, don't wonder if it's done. Don't go, well, it looks like, or I think, I feel like those things are irrelevant. The word of the Lord, the cheese. And don't worry about <laughs> waiting and seeing. Exactly. The cheese stands alone. Your eyeballs, your ears, your thoughts, your emotions are irrelevant in the potency and the power of the word of God. God needs your obedience. Release the word. Don't wonder or worry or even concern yourself to think about it any longer. Know without a shadow of a doubt that it's finished in the name of Jesus. Honey, do you have something you wanted to say there? Uh, no, actually, it, I'm glad you brought that point up because it's definitely going to be something that we discuss in the next case study. Amen, amen, and amen. So while you're... um. When you have some free time after you listen to this episode, go back and read slowly through pages 82 and 83, and you'll see also Brother Hagen talking about um, his experience of getting free from something that was holding him, um, that was drinking cola, which is nothing. This, a soda is not bad unless God told you not to drink it. It's neither here nor there, but it just shows the point that the adversary will use anything that he's given an opportunity to try to put humans into bondage over. And, and interfere so, with your faith. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And hinder your walk and your freedom and anything he can get a foothold on. So um, you can look at Brother Hagen's testimony of how, when he got understanding and revelation of that, he began to get free, and he used also the information that he learned about his um, and the experience with his son-in-law to to walk in that freedom as well. So I think we're going to transition now, um, and let's look at John chapter 11. All right. So we are going to read this section of scripture in its entirety. It's in John chapter 11, verses 1 through 46. So we can get an overview, and then... Like any other case study, we're going to break it down kind of step by step so we can all understand the finer points, the lessons, the instruction, the wisdom, guidance, knowledge, and even gain understanding on how to apply this to our life. Amen. And before you take off reading, I just want to um, give you this point of thought to meditate on. There's a difference between believing in God and Jesus and there's between that and having faith in the name of Jesus saying, I believe in God is like saying, oh, I believe God can do anything. I believe mm -hmm. God is powerful. I believe God is real, but there's no personal connection to it. There's no intentional focus on the um, power of God and how it connects to you. But when you have um, faith in the name of Jesus, you know the power, you know that God's power will work. You know that, um, and it works for you, not just for someone else. The, the first one, just believing in God is distant and there's no confidence in it. But when you have faith in the name of Jesus, there's confidence and um, connection, personal connection with the power of the name of Jesus. Okay, so now think about that as we read through this, okay? Amen. All right, and it says, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus, Lazarus, excuse me, excuse me, was sick. So the sisters sent word to him saying, Lord, 
Behold, he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, The sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going to go there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of the world, of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. This he said, and after that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awaken him out of sleep. The disciples then asked him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he was speaking of literal sleep. So Jesus then said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Therefore Thomas, who was called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, so that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Mary, or Martha and Mary, to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. When she had said this, she went away and called Mary her sister, saying secretly, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus has not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man also from dying? So Jesus again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. 
Now it was, in, it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to him, Unbind him and let him go. Therefore many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus had done. Amen. Amen. So there's Lord a lot in there. Mm-hmm. But now, let's get to the beginning. All right? All right. So we have Jesus receiving the word that Lazarus is sick. Right? And he says in verse 4, the sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. And then, which is clearly something that was revealed by Holy Spirit in the moment. Mm-hmm. But Jesus still needed the instruction on how. So what did he do? You see in verse 6. So when he heard he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. And then after that, in verse 7, he says, let's go to Judea again. Now, what was he doing for the two days? Well, exactly what Jesus always did. He was seeking his father for the answer. What do I ask you for? What, what do I say? What do I do? Will you, where will you send me? Mm-hmm. And when. And, w- and when. the Lord was currently on a mission when the when the the messenger came to him he was already in the middle of doing something and like you said taking time to hear from the lord complete what he's doing finish the work that he was on assignment to do there and get counsel from the holy spirit amen and we, and we can give verses for that, right luke 6:12 in those days jesus went out to the mountain to pray and he spent the night in prayer to god right mm mm-hmm. And it, and it says in other places, in Matthew 14, 23, and he sent them away. He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Amen. And, and in Luke 5, 16, yet he frequently withdrew to the wilderness to pray. This was part of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ's habit, pattern, and structure for his life. Amen. And then verse 41 also tells us something as well. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. So he was already having an internal conversation that no one else could hear. I know that you always hear me. That means he's talking to God constantly. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So even in the moment. Sent sent piece again. 
Exactly. And not just into the world, but also on the scene to this particular location. Um, He says something here that's interesting in verse um, 9 and 10. Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Who's the light? Jesus. Jesus. And... What does Holy Spirit do for us? Leads he us, he lights us. our path. He does that as so well. So what yes. he's saying here is, I'm not just stumbling around on my own. I got the light. I heard the word of the Father through the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly what I'm doing. So the Holy Spirit brings the light of the, not just the written word, but the spoken word, the living word, the fresh word of God concerning every situation to shed light on it. So we know exactly exactly what to do. We know exactly where we're going or we have enough information to operate on. So Jesus had enough counsel and instruction. He was telling them without blatantly saying it, if you get the light, you get the revelation, get the insight from the Holy Spirit, and you won't be bumping around. You won't be guessing. You won't be afraid. You won't be without knowledge. That's all the things that happen in the night, right? That's when you bump your foot going to the bathroom, even though Mm -hmm. you've walked 10 times down this path before. It's because there's no light. It's dark. That's when people are afraid in the dark, right? All of those things. Jesus is saying the answer is Holy Spirit and getting his counsel and insight before and as you go. Amen. And that could also be during periods of trials or storms. This is clearly a very heightened emotional situation, but yet our Lord and Savior did not give in to that. He still received at least a, a, a piece of what was going to happen, right? Revelation from Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But then again, as we just pointed out, his role was then to seek the Father for where to go, what to say, and what to do, and how to do it, say it, and everything, and everything that's right. on the way. And he asked the right kind of questions, Amen. because that's how conversations work, right? Not accusatory questions. Exactly. But how do I, what do I do, what do Here I say? Here I am, Father. Amen. I'm, I have absolute confidence in your ability. Remember, he had faith in the Father. Not just that he's always out there and he exists, but nope, you are connected to me. You and I are one. Mm -hmm. And I know the power in the name that you gave me and in my authority. Now, we are using his vested authority, but we also are connected to that power because of our faith. Remember our springboard scriptures from the first two case study um, episodes in John chapter 8, verses 28 through 29 and 49 through 51. Also remember our additional springboard scriptures of Mark 16, verses 15 through 18, and Luke 4, 18 through 19. Keep that in your mind and meditate on it. Meditate on it. It's not just for some people, it's for you. You are a believer. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you are his vessel in the earth, and he wants to use you. Now, a little side note before we leave this section of John chapter 11 is, did you guys notice as we were reading through um, this this account of Lazarus that all the people who knew absolutely nothing were trying to tell Jesus what to do? Absolutely. <laughs> now. <laughs> and, and the point that you brought up about they believe each of them, the disciples and Mary and Martha, believed in Jesus and who he was. Theoretically, ideally. Right. Mm-hmm. However, they thought or believed it was too late 
It for was, him to change the situation. It was distant. His, exactly. His power and his godness was distant from, from them Faith at that moment. Faith in his name. Is and, different and, exactly. than just believing that God exists or you're the Messiah. There's no there's no person-to-person connection. Mm-hmm. There's no real connection with it. It's general and it's vague, and there's no confidence that God will do for or through me or you. There's not personal. But when you believe and you have faith in the name, it's personal now. You got to hold on it. I mean, Absolutely. even say that to yourself and then listen internally. What do you hear? I believe God is real, but I have faith in the name of Jesus. Like something stirs in you when you say it that That's way. Something. That is your spirit <laughs> and Holy Spirit ministering to you. Amen to that. Amen to that. And your spirit man is going, yes, amen. I agree. So I, I brought up the point about everybody who didn't know anything about the situation, weren't walking in the light of revelation from the Holy Spirit, had all of this outside input mm-hmm. to put on Jesus. They had all these speculations. They had all this instruction. Even, um, you know, when they're saying, oh, are you going? You're not going. They told him so he could go. And then when he started to go, they said, wait, you're going there again? They tried to kill you. And then he tries to speak Trying to them. Trying to dissuade him. <laughs> From following the plan the Father had given him. Exactly. And he tried to speak to them on a spiritual level, like, you're going to get this. Here's the light. So if I'm telling you the light of the Holy Spirit, that means you should tap into him. So they could have gotten the instruction. But then they still missed it. And they're like, oh, he's dead. Let's go die with him. And he's like, oh, come on. Or like, he's sleeping. Oh, great. It's good. He's taking a nap. He's like, no, you're so, so missing it. So clearly a statement <laughs> that exhibited or exuded zero faith. Exactly. Zero faith and zero actual connection to the, an awareness of the move of the father, which they had been invited to because mm-hmm. God, our Lord and savior would have had no expectation of them understanding if it was not available to them. Right. He told them, blessed are you because these things have been revealed to you, to mm-hmm. the babes, to the little ones. So there was an expectation that they would Plug apply in. It. Apply it to their life. <laughs> Plug in, exactly. Plug in and use what he was cultivating in him, in them. And I just want us to look at ourselves. When God comes and speaks to you, are you saying, no, God, you can't do this because. No, God, we can't go that way because there's. No, God, he's going to stink. No, it's. they tried to kill you. No, it's been too long. No, if you had been here. Are you saying your ideas when or, God or, or comes to speak? Or the niceties, right? Oh, look how we loved him. Misinterpreting Literally, play by play, the people that were present misinterpreted just about everything that Jesus did. And, and, it was, was, and was saying to them. Exactly. So if you find yourself in that place, and this is an opportunity for us to examine ourselves because we want to get every hindrance out of God's way so he can use us and his power can flow unhindered, undelayed, undiverted, unlimited through us as much as God wants to pour it in. Now we can't make him do more things, but we can certainly be a willing vessel and God loves to be able to use his people. And he is looking, his eyes are searching to and fro throughout the earth for someone whose faith will be, um, pure and wholly vested. And I mean, entirely vested in him because he's waiting for someone that he can, speak to, he can minister to, who will get up and go, he will wait and get the information and ask him appropriate questions and that he can flow through. And they recognize the light when he speaks and they know how to, um, talk with him and to walk with him. So honey, do you have something else you wanted to talk about right there? 
well, in everything you're saying, it also goes into the why Jesus wept. Mm -hmm. And it was not because Lazarus had died. It wasn't because he was emotional. How do we know because, that? Well, because he already had the answer that he was going to raise He already said he's up. not dead. He's dead, but he's not dead. It was, that was at the very beginning, right? Yeah. He's sleeping. This We're going to wake him up. This will not end in death. That's so right. So why would he weep? Because Lazarus died. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. He wept because everyone he spoke with that said they believed in him and who he was clearly exhibited zero faith when he was even telling them in the moment. Right, his this Lazarus's own um, uh, siblings. He was even telling them what was about to happen, mm-hmm. and yet everyone had no faith and was trying to get him off track from following the Father's guidance and command and leading of the Holy Spirit in what to do in this situation and why he had been sent. That's why he wept. So we, as God's warriors, are to be people of immense faith mm-hmm. that have, again, have sought the Lord for his instruction, where to go, when to go, what to say, how to say it, what to do, how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then, not just are willing to hear it, but now are going to be obedient, demonstrating our love for the Lord, our immense faith in him, both for the now and our hope or our future in him. Mm-hmm. Now, so Jesus already knew, which is why then he goes into his prayer. And as you pointed out, he says, I know you always hear me. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so this is the only time that you could argue that Jesus said something additional that the Father didn't tell him to say. Because all he had to say was, Lazarus, come forth. Mm-hmm. But he begins with a prayer, right? Um, thanking the Father. First, and, and notice, we do that often here. We're always thanking the Father for what he's done and what he's going to do, even before we know what it is, or, um, or I'll say before it's been revealed, what he's going to do. Why? Because the Lord already has planned all this out. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly what he is predetermined and predestined, or I say it this way, the works he is predestined for us to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's just waiting for us to to bind and to loose and to use his name, mm-hmm. right? Which he gave us uh, power of attorney, mm-hmm. authority, right? To mm-hmm. utilize, to put his, his stamp and his seal of approval on the matter, mm-hmm. the file, the situation, whatever it is. So... So he first begins by thanking the Father that he's heard. Mm-hmm. And then he again confirms, I know you always hear me. Mm-hmm. Right? But then he says, because of the people standing here, mm-hmm. I said it so that they may believe. Right? So he's still, if you will, admonishing, but also encouraging mm-hmm. them to move forward in their faith. Yes, in the Father, but mm-hmm. also... In Jesus, in his name. Amen. For what is uh, literally the next few lines about to take place, mm-hmm. which he already had revealed to him from the Father through mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's no different for us today. So then he cries out with a loud voice, right? Mm-hmm. It says, Lazarus, come forth, which is quite literally all he needed to say. 
except for the fact that he also wanted others to enter in. Mm-hmm. Exactly like he still does for us today. Amen. As God's warriors, utilizing his name in faith, doing what he has predetermined us to do. Amen. Amen. Psalm 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Those are not just vain and empty words. They're not just pleasantry. They are truth and they are life. Second Peter 1.19 says, We also have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. So we have the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that Jesus operated with in fellowship and divine appointment and divine alignment in his earthly ministry. And so we have the same access through the name of Jesus, through our relationship and our covenant, through the blood of Jesus Christ, to the power contained in his name and the power of God that supports and supplies and enforces the name of Jesus Christ when it is used as delegated here in the earth by his people. The name of Jesus enforces his word. Amen. When his word goes forth, it's finished. Amen. It's done. It's complete. Not rambling, not your word. And it doesn't matter if you say it exactly perfect. Say what God told you to say. And his grace will take care of the rest of it. But don't add your own thing to it. Don't take away. And Jesus. Say it and then stamp it. With the almighty name of Jesus. In the almighty name of Jesus. And you can put it on the front and the back. (laughs) You can put it in the middle. (laughs) Absolutely. Just knowing that you're not speaking from your own authority. You're speaking from his authority. And you're speaking from his name. And the word of God will do exactly what it's supposed to do. No matter if there's convulsions afterwards. No matter if he stinketh. (laughs) It does not matter. It is finished. Because the name knows exactly what to do. And that's the pattern example set forth in our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We saw right here exactly how he operates and operated during his time on earth. Mm -hmm. So it's the same for us. If we're looking for a pattern, we're looking for, if you will, a formula, this is it. Mm -hmm. Seek the Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord, what do I ask you for? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? You always have time to do that, no matter how urgent it seems or feels. Don't be swayed by the situation mm-hmm. and the circumstances. Or people's emotions or thoughts or ideas. Clearly, Jesus wasn't, mm-hmm. nor should we, as we are called to be conformed to his image. And we have a more sure word. Amen. We have his word, and we have the living and active word that the Holy Spirit is always speaking in us to guide us in the right direction, and he'll make sure that we get there. So, all right, we're going to close out this episode today. Um, Take time, listen to these episodes over and over again, get it down in your heart. I know that we only have, um, at this time, we have Friday and Sunday episodes being released, but that doesn't mean that you can't listen to them over again. Um, and And I'll tell you this, if you have this thought, I don't need to hear that again, that is an adversary trying to keep you from fully harnessing and growing form from the word and moving forward from the word that's being imparted. So go back and listen to it over again, even if you're like, oh, I think I know it already. And you have that little voice going, I don't need that. I don't need that. You don't need that. You already heard that. 
that's not from God. That's not the Holy Spirit speaking. And that's an adversary trying to do just like what we saw happening to Buddy on this side and trying to push you away from the for, the, the fullness of the growth that God has in store for you. So listen to them over, meditate on the word of God, search the scriptures and continue to live your life in the Messiah's love. God bless you. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe.